The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. Our guest today is Keith Nelson, who is the Global Head of Public Sector at Automation Anywhere. Hi, Keith. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. Great to be here. Welcome, Keith, and thanks for joining us. We'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background and your current role at Automation Anywhere. Right. I am the only one I know who has headed three different administrative offices for three different cabinet agencies. I've served as the chief human capital officer, the chief information officer, and the chief financial officer at Housing and Urban Development, Department of Labor, and Department of Transportation. Most recently, I was in a role that oversaw about a $1.2 billion in annual research and development spending at the Department of Transportation. So I'm a glutton for punishment, or I've just been around Washington for a long time. I was encouraged to join Automation Anywhere recently to lead the global public sector marketing team. And with offices around the world, we find out that there are very many commonalities within central governments all over the world. They share some of the same issues and challenges with serving their citizens and getting the mission done as effectively as possible. Well, great. Well, that's definitely a good background. You know, a lot of our listeners, you know, we spend a lot of our time highlighting use cases and implementation of AI across a wide range of industries. And we spend a lot of time in public sector, especially since we're here in the DC area. But there's actually a lot of interesting things going on in the public sector with regards to their increased use of automation and intelligence and cognitive technology of wide range. As a matter of fact, AI goes back with the government all the way back to the very beginnings of AI in the 50s and 60s and even prior to that. So, but recently, you know, the whole idea of intelligent automation, you know, applying some of these ideas of cognitive technologies and making automation more intelligent is really gaining traction and adoption in the public sector in recent years. So obviously some of our listeners may be familiar with robotic process automation, RPA, and some of them may not be. So you may want to spend a little time explaining the technology and also what role does RPA have in moving public sector agencies up that ladder of more increased intelligent automation? Absolutely, Ron. One way I like to tell people that are maybe not so familiar with RPA is it's a little like digital duct tape. It has a lot of utility. RPA can connect the most customized, legacy, complex IT systems together. And the genius behind this technology is you don't really have to change your IT systems. You don't have to really hire too many high-priced programmers or change or streamline your processes. RPA is pretty close to a plug-and-play solution for any routine, repetitive, mundane process that currently a human or a lot of humans continue to do. Basically, substitute it with some software, and the humans are more free to use their minds and do more strategic work. So the benefits of RPA are very significant, and we actually have a built-in ROI calculator that measures time and cost savings in real time as the bots go to work. The basic or elemental RPA has been around for 15 years. It saved time and money for a lot of industry leaders, especially in the banking and telecom sectors and healthcare sectors. A lot of it, of the use cases, are in their back office systems, like accounting, procurement, processing, HR. But today's bots, or today's RPA, is more advanced, like you said. 
with artificial intelligence built in. It provides much greater functionality. And Automation Anywhere's intelligent bots, we call them IQ bots, are like double-sided duct tape or 3D duct tape. You can do a lot more with these supercharged AI-powered bots. It's a great way for agencies that are trying to identify how to best implement the president's executive order on artificial intelligence. Intelligent RPA is a great way to get their hands-on experience with AI that's active today while delivering their mission services much more effectively. Great. You know, that's an interesting way that you describe RPA, like duct tape with multiple uses. I also would say Swiss Army knife. (laughs) But yeah, you know, it really... But that cuts things apart. This is tying things together. I guess, yeah. (laughs) And it really does have a lot of usefulness and it can, you know, save a lot of time, help with repetitive tasks. But in order to realize the power of intelligence... We hope you're enjoying this podcast and sorry for the brief interruption. Cognolytica not only produces the AI podcast that you're listening to right now, but we also generate research and advisory to help companies make sense of AI and cognitive technologies. We also run the most authoritative vendor-neutral AI and machine learning training and certification on the market. If you're looking to make AI a reality for your organization, our three-day Cognolytica training is for you. If you're interested in attending, you can find pricing and registration on our website at Cognolytica.com. We'll also provide a link in the show notes. We've met many of our podcast listeners in our classes, and we hope that we'll see you there as well. Now back to the podcast. Or of intelligent automation. Organizations need to combine technologies and approaches together in a seamless manner. So can you share with us some examples where RPA and other approaches have been used together to help automate routine operations and really help increase it up that ladder of intelligent automation? Great question, Kathleen. Our software is built to work with just about any system. And we have a lot of partners. We have built bots to work specifically alongside. In fact, we have an online bot store of pre-built bots that are organized by the applications they are designed to work with, like Microsoft Office, SAP, and Oracle, for example. I would say one really cutting-edge example of intelligent RPA paired with a technology partner is Automation Anywhere's IQ bots combined with Data Robot. The way this pairing works is, let's take an example, a company who may be submitting a claim to the government. Could be a contractor, could be a beneficiary, could be a Medicare provider, take your pick. First step, an Automation Anywhere digital worker or RPA collects that submission and sorts the data into a highly organized, flexible format. Second step, that data is fed into the Data Robot machine learning platform, which is designed to automatically train a model or produce a prediction. For example, the model might flag a certain transaction as high risk, potentially fraudulent. Step three, that prediction would be then fed back into the IQ bot to take action on that information by doing whatever task is necessary. For example, alerting a special investigations unit to take a closer look at the claim. The more transactions you run through the system, the more accurately it detects fraud and saves taxpayer money. And the government really needs to get better at preventing fraud. Did you know since 2004, government has accumulated $1.3 trillion in improper payments? I like to see this as an example of how the bots are getting smarter every day, which results in the human worker gaining more and more time to do creative, analytical, thoughtful work they were generally hired to perform. Yeah, I think that's really intriguing. I think that's, for us, the most intriguing benefit of a lot of this technology 
that's being used in the public sector is that, you know, governments are supposed to serve the constituents and citizens and supposed to be affecting a lot of very necessary things for the organization. But of course, we have systems that are very paper bound and document bound and people bound and process bound. And of course, that does prevent these organizations from not just serving an increasingly larger community, but doing broader things in a world that doesn't slow down at all. There's news all the time. There's news today that's causing the markets to go crazy. So everything's got to respond. So what are you seeing as some of the most interesting use cases so far with government's adoption of RPA and sort of like some of these interesting ways in which RPA is helping in the public sector? Already, several successful implementations have emerged. One government health agency, for instance, tapped RPA to automate 34 processes that improved data quality over 100,000 records, which equaled 13,500 manual labor hours saved per year, bringing up employees to focus on strategic tasks. A couple of interesting things here. First, this agency is using bots on their back office systems, which is a traditional use case, as well as using them on frontline mission processes, where one of their sub-organizations is using bots to identify linkages between older and new drugs. Second item here is I'd point out this customer ramped up to 95 bots within five months of launch, which speaks to their ability to scale quickly and realize near-term benefits. Another customer of note is a legislative one who is deploying RPA bots powered by artificial intelligence to process hundreds of forms related to judicial actions, which are generated from emails, online submissions, fax machines, and snail mail. You can imagine how much manual effort that they have to do to sort all that together and put it in one cohesive place. But bots are helping them do it much more simply and much more quickly. Yeah, those are some really great use cases. And, you know, every agency and department has their own journey and they're all at different stages. So for agencies that are very new in this journey and are just looking to get started with intelligent automation, what are some of the do's and don'ts and lessons learned that they should take into consideration? I would start with, say, begin with the end in mind. It's great to explore a shallow end of the pool with a trial set of bots, but if you stall out at just a handful of bots that automate a simple task or two, it's really hard to call it a success. So when you're thinking about scaling to hundreds or thousands of bots like the industry leaders have done, you really need to keep three things in mind. First, is the system easy enough for business users to deploy? Think about it. If each time you want to build a bot or even tweak one, if the business user has to wait in a queue for a programmer, progress slows to a crawl. The key to scaling is a user-friendly, intuitive environment where a business user can build her own bots to automate tasks she does every day, every month, every quarter. Second issue is, do you have a good governance structure to avoid bot sprawl? Systems need to accommodate large numbers of bots in order to achieve efficiencies, as well as making sure that bots are fully utilized. A danger is that without an enterprise view, Two programmers are likely to be building similar bots in two different corners of a department, wasting time and money. Third, and this is really important for the government, make sure you have a product that meets all the security standards required to operate safely on a government network. Nothing will get you in more trouble than to have a security violation. And to date, we've had no hacks of any significance or of any kind. Yeah, that's great. That's really important, you know, because (laughs) that's the last thing that I think people want to make sure that these systems are not safe and secure and make sure that you're using them effectively. You know, we always say, 
start small, think big, iterate often. And so, you know, you're right. You don't want to deploy just one or two bots to replace one or two manual tasks. While that's great and can save a little bit of time, in the end, is it really the looking for the efficiencies and improvements that you want? Yeah. And I think part of this thinking big, you know, starting small and thinking big is also thinking about that end goal. I said, start with the end in mind and sort of work towards that end and don't think in terms of these iterative, which is absolutely true. And you can think about that even broader to like, well, where are people heading with these cognitive technologies and with artificial intelligence, which itself can be applied to a wide range of things. So I would love to hear from you what you believe the future of AI is and in general, and its application to corporations, public sector agencies and beyond. Well, as a former transportation department research and development official, I was lucky enough to see some cutting-edge research around driverless cars, and I'm really excited about when that comes to light. There's benefits in terms of safety, productivity, convenience, environmental. Imagine a car that you could trust to drive itself, to run to the store for milk, or pick your kid up at soccer practice. What a huge time and convenience savings. It'll help boost national productivity. Safety-wise, we have nearly 40,000 highway deaths every year, and the vast majority are caused by human error, mainly speeding and drinking, but cell phones are not helping the matter. And I expect these cars would be environmentally friendly, so that should get environmentalists excited. Parking won't be an issue. We're making our way toward this with ways I no longer really know which direction I'm going. I just blindly follow the voice commands. And when the day comes when I can take a nap in the back seat, I won't even have to listen to that anymore. You know, that's great. I'm really excited for um, autonomous cars as well, because I don't love to drive. (laughs) And so I think, man, (laughs) how could I be spending this 20 minutes that I'm driving here doing Uh, something else? You're being optimistic. If you've made the commute on the Beltway anytime soon. It's a dream, okay? uh, I'm being optimistic with the 20 minutes. Well, it depends on where I'm going. But yeah, those were some really great, you know, examples of what we have to look forward to in the future with an AI-enabled future. And actually, we talk about an AI-enabled vision of the future, and autonomous everything is one part of that vision. Mm -hmm. And also, for those of you who are our listeners, we talk about this pattern with RPA and process automation, intelligence automation is part of one of the seven patterns of AI. So we'll link to that in our show notes. We talk about that in what's called the autonomous pattern. The, the sort of the goal of the autonomous pattern for our listeners that may not be familiar with our seven patterns is to reduce the need for the human in the loop to basically make the thing happen. It doesn't mean eliminate the human. It just means reduce the need for the human to basically be with in autonomous. That, it could uh, eventually be right. Eliminated. Well, eventually, eventually, but that's not that's sort of the pattern is is to basically build those systems that don't require the human in the loop. So this falls into that pattern. We talk about this in terms of intelligent automation and cognitive automation. So definitely look through through our research for that and through other podcast that we have on this subject. So Keith, you've been an amazing guest. You've provided some really great insight into what's happening, especially within public sector and your amazing experience. You've been there, done that, and I guess still a glutton for punishment because you're still doing it. So uh, Keith, we really wanted to thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We really appreciate your participation. I appreciate it, Ron. Thanks, Kathleen. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us today. And listeners, as always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. 
We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.